this is more just a vision casting conversation. You know, I do run the risk of uh, talking at a level that you possibly aren't at yourself, and that still doesn't bother me because I still think that at some point you've got to get there. And, you know, one of the things that you should be reminded of when we talk about legacy and the big picture and the great impact is that what you don't want to do is have a prejudice about your great future when you put it through the lenses of where you are today. Because I've got a Bible full of stories of people who thought they were going to go nowhere and ended up doing something absolutely great. So, so I think we need to be able to rise above a circumstance and just understand that when we collaborate with the king of the universe, we do become unstoppable. And, and I think I've said to you guys before, as humans, we tend to completely overestimate what we can do in one year, right? And you've proven that on your 90-day plan. And completely underestimate what we can do in 10 years or a life because of the compound effect of growing and improving and getting better and building at the end of a life, in terms of wealth creation and business, it can be absolutely massive. Now, how do we know that that's true? Well, there are first generation billionaires in this world who have done it without God. So you can do a lot in a life if you do it with God. And, you know, we kind of spoke a little bit yesterday about some, some of the kind of deals that we can get into, and, 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 and I guess I want to talk about those. Uh, I want to talk about the big picture, the good stuff, the fun stuff, and what does it all mean? Because the way I kind of look at it for my life is uh, there will be one day when it's nearly over for me, and I praise God and hope that it's not soon, but there will be one day when it's nearly over. And, and by the way, at that point, it's too late to go back and do anything great with your life. And I, I kind of feel like at that point where it's nearly over for me, I will have either traded my life for a big dream or a small dream, but either way, the price is the same. It's still my life. And I actually, one of the things that wakes me up every day is the thought of the possible regret that could come from getting to the end and realizing that I played small. That gets me up every day. That's, that's, that's part of my internal motivation for wanting to, to do as much as I can. And so, um, do you ever play that game with yourself where you're like, I wonder what I'd like on my tombstone? Have you ever, you ever like, what, what kind of, some of you are like, yes, yeah. some of you are like, no, that's weird. All right, so that's fine. Well, I do, and I change, by the way, it changes every five seconds what I'd like on my, like, there's not one thing, you know, like, um, yeah, so, so I guess that's what I mean by legacy. Like, what is that? Here's a question. How is the kingdom better because of your life? How is the kingdom better because of your existence on earth? Because, you know, 99% you know, of Christians never leave a mark. Yeah, super judgmental. I don't want to water it down. That would, that's what we've all done in the faith for 2,000 years. I hear people say, oh, I left a mark, I had kids. No, that's a demand. 
go forth and multiply. You know, like I'm, I just don't want to, I want to lift the level of conversation. So when I say they didn't make a mark, they could have done great work. But what made, what was there afterwards that lasts? Like we talk about people like Smith Wigglesworth and that are like we, we rattle off like C.S. Lewis and like, but we would probably run out of names at 50. Billy Graham, Reinhard Bonnke. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's what I mean. I mean the big stuff. And so I think it's available, by the way, to all of us. I think if we actually tapped into all the gifts and talents he's got for us, there would be an indelible impression that we would leave in our life. And it wouldn't be like Billy Graham or Reinhard Bonnke. It would be whatever God's called for you. Ultimately, probably something to do with business. But, but I wonder if you ever dream about how big it could possibly be. So... So that's kind of fun for me to kind of have those conversations and also probably a little bit heavy. Uh, and, and I know that I do run the risk of, of, of kind of making it heavier than, than you have potentially made it before. And I base all that on the fact that Paul talks about the judgment seat of Christ, which is proper scary when you go and study what that means, right? That's, that's one day we're going to face our creator and give an account. And that's not an account for the sins because they've been paid for, which is the best story in the world. It's an account for the gifts that we were given and how we played. And I kind of think to myself, when Paul died, he would have had his chest out when he walked into heaven because he had done a fairly good job uh, at, you know, and, and left an indelible impression. So uh, I, I want to I be a little bit more like that. And so when I think about that end game and that big picture and the gravity that it comes with, I have to then by default come back to the day that I'm in now and go... Is what I'm doing today and is my thinking today lining up with that crazy, ridiculous, legacy, change the world kind of thinking that I want to have at the end of my life? Because if what I'm doing today is not lining up with where I want to be in the future, then I'm, I'm just not doing nothing more than kidding myself. <clears throat> and so that's kind of where I want to come back to, right? Legacy is great and it's a big picture, but we've got to come back to today and go, what is it? What is it about my behavior? What is it about my thinking? What is it about my doing that I really need to look at to make sure I'm on the right path to achieving something great. So I want to basically distill this conversation down into the money side of things, which could very well be the least important aspect of the legacy, but still an important part of the legacy. So I don't want to make money to be more important than anything else. Uh, it's, it's an important part of the journey, but it's it's, it's not more important than things like salvation, right? So please understand. Uh, but from my perspective, I feel like it's a conversation that we need to have, even though it's not the most important. And so I want to look at the behavior that we have right now and look at wealth creation as a concept. And what does that look like? How do we even do wealth creation? Like, if you're like me, I've, I've attended every seminar I possibly can. I've read the books. I've attended the courses. I've, I've done the learning. And a lot of that's actually quite confusing. You know, it's like, it's like, should I buy shares or should I buy property? And, and, and I mean, like my parents, they have spent their life trying to work out the answer. But what did they not buy? 
If they had just picked the worst one of the two, they would have been better off, right? But indecision was a decision by default, and now they have that as the consequence, right? So, so you know, like, should it be shares, should it be property? When you buy property, if you chose property as your answer, is it a buy and hold? Is it, is it condominiums? Is it units? Or do you have to buy land, because land's where the value is? Or do you flip houses to make money? Or should you actually be doing duplexes? Or should you build your own? Or should you buy old and renovate? What's the answer? Pick one, because the one you're not doing is making you no money, right? There are, there are benefits. Some of them are better than others as strategies, that's for sure. Like flipping houses is a very hard way to make money because they, the distraction usually draws you away from the business that gives you money anyway. So the bit of money you make over here, you lost over here. So you normally don't end up better off. But it takes a very disciplined person to flip houses in business. So, but I guess what I'm trying to say is there are many ways. There are many avenues to end up with a financial legacy. There are a thousand ways to arrive at that outcome. There is no one. Anybody that says, I've got the secrets to wealth. You you are smart enough. You don't need them. You just need to pick one, right? And do it, right? There there are no secrets to wealth, right? Um, And anybody that says they have, you need to run. So I kind of look at this thing and I want to shift our level of vision and maybe play for more wealth than you would have done if you hadn't come here today. That would be my goal. I don't want to put a limit on it. I don't want to, not everyone's going to be a billionaire. Not everyone is going to be a billionaire. Not everyone's going to have 100 million. Not everyone's going to have 10 million. In fact, you could probably even say not everyone's going to have a million, although in Australia, that's, you know, that's a unit in Sydney. So it's, it, it's not a big amount of money anymore. So I kind of want to look at this asset pool of, you know, what is it? What is it that is in your financial legacy? And have you ever even given this some thought? Uh, have you ever been given permission to give this some thought? Uh, so I kind of want to have a look at what is this end game for you and understanding that it's okay, there's many different ways to get there. And then the next chronological step back then is uh, what's your financial behavior today? And does it line up with you ending up with those assets at the end of your life? Okay? The mistake that most people make with wealth creation, of course, is that they live for the moment. When it comes to finances, the vast majority of people do not think long-term. They think short-term. They think, they think instant gratification. And that is robbing their legacy. So, like, for example, and this has become a, a joke, but it is a thing, Spending $3,000 on a cruise when you're trying to grow a business is a stupid idea. And by the way, I don't just mean a cruise. What do I mean? An expensive holiday. Now, by the way, I know it's all justifiable. I know it's all justifiable. Okay? Proverbs says, all things are justifiable by man. It goes on to say, but in the end, they lead to jail. So be super careful about what you justify, all right? Um, You spend $3,000 on a holiday that you could have spent 500 bucks on, and you've got $2,500 variance. 
you know, it's like, that's, that's not a legacy. Like, you, you know, that's, that's not enough to move the needle. But if you have a habit of investing instead of spending over a 10-year period, it starts to move the needle. And then when the compound effect kicks in, it gets serious real quick in terms of wealth creation and legacy. Um, to the point where it actually will be surprising how much momentum you end up building with no effort. You end up with an insane amount of leverage because you end up with ever more with ever less. Because the asset base itself throws off enough to, to just keep growing by itself and you don't have to keep pushing it, right? It's like the snowball. You push it to the point where it, you know, downhill it becomes big enough that it rolls by itself. That's wealth creation. But most people don't go through the pain of pushing it to get enough momentum for it to roll by itself because, because they would rather make short-term decisions like I need to keep upgrading my phone to the new one because I need to look cool instead of the old one will do and I'll save 500 bucks. Or um, I need to go and buy a nice ute because my customers will expect that instead of going to buy a $10,000 ute with no payments, you've got a $50,000 ute that's burning 12 grand a month in your, in your pocket and yada, yada, yada. They're, they're making, and it's because we can afford the payment that we've been brainwashed to thinking we can afford it. If you can afford the payment but you can't afford the car, you can't afford the car. So, no, I'm not saying don't finance. I'm not saying payments are evil. I'm saying that behavior of spending money on stuff that doesn't get you to your legacy is a really bad idea. And it's often small bits at the start of the journey that over time compound and start to move the needle. You know, you buy an investment property and you start throwing 50 bucks a week at the loan, at, you know, on top of the on top of the interest at the principal, and then that becomes 100 bucks a week, and then after a while, as you build a business, it becomes 200 bucks a week, and 500 bucks a week, and six grand a month, and night. You look back over time, and you're like, man, this thing's galloping speed. And then you buy da-da-da-da, and then, then that one's paid off, and it buys you another one, and now you've got two rents paying off one, and then that gallops, and then you got, and you look back after 15, 20, 25, 30 years, and you think, man, now I can give money to my church every single week and more money just keeps coming out of my asset pool and I just keep throwing it and I can't give it away because more keeps coming in. This is how we got to start thinking. This is not so that you can store up for yourself treasures on earth and have a great life and buy Maseratis and da-da-da-da. Like, it's not for that. If you want to do that, that's fine. But if all of the money that you make goes towards that stuff, then you are part of the problem, not part of the solution. This is about building an asset base that can fund the, you know, the extending of the gospel sustainably, right? And, and that's what we don't have in the faith at scale. We have a few people who are well-funded, who underwrite big projects, but we don't have the business world at large underwriting big projects. And that's also not going to happen in a very short amount of time either. My concern is, is that, see, what happens is we go, oh man, like... Imagine if all the entrepreneurs in Australia took this seriously and started doing it because they wanted to fund the kingdom. We're still 15 years away. Same people just go, ah, stuff it. Instead of thinking, well, if I wait a year, it's still 15 years away. It's just one year further down the line. So I just think it's time, you know, like we've got to start paying the price and, 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 and doing the work, you know. I tell you something that's interesting. One of the wrestles that I had when I was first a believer in business was when I built an asset base for myself. Well, when I say it was for myself, like I wasn't just like, okay, let me try and put it in context. I've got a hundred grand. Some people would say you should give that money away because 
because otherwise you're storing up for yourself treasures on earth. You should just give that money away because there's a good need for it. My always rationale was like, no, 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 I want to build an asset base. And then people would say, but that's for you. Like, that's your own thing. And I used to have that wrestle until I read about Joseph, who actually spent a long time acquiring assets, didn't give them all away, so that he could then use it to help the people of the day. So he didn't just give away everything he got. He acquired it for a long period of time, in his case, because a famine was coming, so that he could then use it later. That, that's what building up an asset base for the sake of the kingdom is all about. If you're building up an asset base for the sake of yourself, then you're storing up for yourself treasures on earth. If you're building up an asset base for the sake of the kingdom, then you're basically doing what he did, which, which is build up an asset base so that you can help later on. So I guess, you know, the, the conversation that, that I like to have with a lot of people is, is your behavior today mapping to the outcome you want later when it comes to finances? And I think, I think there's room for all of us to improve if we want to. And I will say to you, I'd love to say to you that you can have all things and you can live for now and you can have a great legacy and God will provide. I would love to say that and that would tickle your ears and probably get six amens. Except everybody I know that's built a great legacy has had to go without for a long period of time to start that journey. And, and that's where people fall off the wagon because they're like, I'm going to go without this year and build my asset base. Ooh, there's a sale on it, David Jones. And then they find themselves down there possessed by the enemy buying stuff they don't need. By the way, when you give that bit of money away to whatever, it's gone forever. Right? When you buy stuff, it's gone forever. It's, it's, you, you have just given away the greatest part of your wealth building future, which is your income. When you give that away for shoes and watches and pens and laptops and phones and cars and holidays, you have just given away the biggest leverage factor of your future wealth. Now, I understand, like, please, you've got, you've got to hear my heart. It's okay if you buy shoes, pens, watches, and jet skis. It's just not okay if it's too early in the journey. Because if it's too early in the journey, you're never going to get the other stuff. And I just think it's going to be proper embarrassing when you stand before the King of Kings and go, I didn't build a legacy as a gifted person for business. I actually had a jet ski, Lord. Just how I see it. So here's the model, right? It's a, it's a model of delayed gratification. And some of you are probably going, I've been delaying this my whole life. <laughs> Just a little bit more, please. Just a little bit more, right? You take money from your business, and with that money, you buy assets. If you wait a long time, those assets will give you money, and that money can buy you toys. I call it toys, but insert anything in there. Toys, experiences, stuff. If you can just change your thinking from, I'll buy something, to actually, I'll buy an asset that will go up in value and give me the cash to buy that, your entire world will change. 
For example, let's say your repayment on a nice car was a thousand bucks a month, just picking a random figure. Wouldn't it make more sense to buy that car once your rental property is throwing off a thousand bucks a month in positive cash flow? Would that make more sense? Yeah. It's just that there could be two, three, four years between I want to buy it now and I'm going to wait for it when I can fully afford it. Does that make sense? And it's the little, it's the little and often money at the start of the journey that gets you to the big and often money at the end. It's just that we don't value little and often at the start of the journey. We don't think that 50 bucks and 70 bucks and 239 bucks and 600 bucks make any difference. So because we don't think it's going to make a difference, we spend it. But it makes a difference. You scrape together $36,000 and buy a competitor and now it's producing 58 grand a year in income in your business is a phenomenal return on money, right? Like, the Bible says little by little is blessed when it comes to wealth creation, right? Which I think is a very interesting thing because I think, you know, in a, in a Pentecostal, charismatic, like, full of life world, I think we can tend to go, God's got it, you know? And I'm like, well, he's going to bring me so much money so I can have influence. He also says little by little is blessed. So I think he really values that, like, that, that journey where you just start stewarding well the little bits and then they start to compound in time. When I go back to the start of my wealth creation journey, it seemed ridiculous to say no to going out to dinner with my friends so that I could put $65 on a principal payment of a $400,000 loan. Like, my friends were like, what do you mean you're not coming out? Huh? Yeah, now, now those same people are all like mortgaged up to the eyeballs and in a job they hate. Now I can go for dinner wherever the heck I like. Different life, right? Paid the price then so that I can pay any price today. So, and I'm just kind of telling you that as a testimony to say it was a discipline for a long period of time when it looked like it was a stupid idea and not even really a thing. No sleep, no rest. Might crash, might wreck. But first I stretch. Time to run it off.